We're in a series called Who is Jesus? We're focusing on the Gospel of John. This week in your small groups, you'll be reading the first four chapters of the Gospel of John together. Uh, For our fall semester, we have 60 small groups. We have 500 people in small groups. We're real excited about that. If you're leading a small group, hosting a small group, you just put your hand up. Let's just recognize those who are leading. Yeah, we got hands going up. That's great. Thank you so much for stepping out there and uh, doing that kind of ministry. You're making a big impact in the life of the church. If you're not in a small group, uh, this would be the weekend to get signed up for one, and it's going to be a great six weeks together. We don't want you to miss out. Uh, Small groups, we're going to be reading through the Gospel of John in the sermons each weekend. We're going to be looking at the I am statements of Jesus. Uh, You may say, well, what is an I am statement? Well, six times, or seven times, I'm sorry, in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I am. He tells us who he is. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. And we're going to begin our series by looking at the I am statement from John eleven twenty five, when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. I am the resurrection. Now you may ask, well, what is a resurrection? Well, just to be clear, a resurrection is when something dies and then what? Comes back to life. Yes. Resurrection is when something dead is given new life. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And when he makes this statement, he makes it in the context of a much broader story about a man who has died but didn't stay dead. And that man was named Lazarus. And we're going to read that story today. Then we're going to look at three different ways that we can die on the inside. Three different ways that we can hit dead ends. And then see how our faith in Jesus, the resurrection and the life, can make a difference for us. We're going to start in John 11, verse 1. If you've got your Bible with you today, you can turn there. You've got your U version on your phone, whatever you need to in order to get to it. And uh, you can follow along on your outline. This will be a great time to pull out your outline. We'll have verses on the screen here. But we're going to jump into John chapter 11. It says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. But Lazarus wasn't just sick. Lazarus was sick to the point where he's going to die. Lazarus was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Verse 3 says, The sisters sent word to Jesus and said, Lord, the one you love is sick. This was bad news in the middle of a good life. Bad news in the middle of a good life. And many of you are experiencing that. I mean, there are a lot of people in our day who are celebrating a lot of things about life. Life is good. And then there are a lot of people that are hurting right now as well. People who've heard bad news in the good life. And some of you have heard the very direct, very bad news, the one you love is sick. Someone that you're close to has a serious illness. Or maybe you heard the news, the job you love is going away. Or your dream marriage has turned into a nightmare, or a close friendship isn't working out, or the principal calls you about your teenager and it's not to tell you they're on the honor roll. You got bad news. Lord, the one you love is sick. And in the face of that bad news, Jesus says something amazing. Watch what he says in verse 4. He said, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. 
And then he gives the spiritual reason behind this physical event. You know, John often gives us these 3D pictures. He gives us a physical event with a spiritual meaning that has an eternal ramification. And that's what we have here. This sickness will not end in death. It's for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus says this very thing that you wished never would have happened, God is going to bring glory to himself through it forever. A physical event with a spiritual meaning and eternal ramifications. Do a quick summary here, verses 5 through 14. Basically, everybody believes Jesus is going to rush back and help, that he's going to come back and heal Lazarus like he's healed so many other people. But what does Jesus do? He does nothing. He doesn't rush to heal Lazarus. In fact, for two days, Jesus does nothing. He's just hanging out. Jesus is hanging out. The family and the friends are freaking out. And two days later, Jesus says to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. And their response now is, no, if you go there, everybody's going to try and kill you, which was true. Jesus says, Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I need to go wake him up. Now, he's not saying that Lazarus was tired and taking a nap. In Scripture, falling asleep is a metaphor, it's a euphemism for dying. And what Jesus is saying is, listen, guys, Lazarus is dead. I need to go raise him from the dead. And what I want to do is to look at three different characters in this story and see what effect Jesus Christ as the resurrection had on them. And I want us to look at one of the disciples, Thomas, and Lazarus's two sisters, Mary and Martha. And we're going to see three different ways that they were dying on the inside, three different dead ends that they had reached. Because perhaps, perhaps at this point in your life right now, you've hit a dead end. Perhaps right now, you know what it's like to feel dead. And if not now, it's going to happen sometime. So take good notes so you're prepared. So what are the dead ends? On your notes, we're going to start with Thomas. Some of you can relate to Thomas. Thomas was dead in his doubts. He's known as Doubting Thomas. Dead in your doubts. Verse 16, it says, Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now, in other words, Thomas is doubting again. Jesus says, I'm going to go raise Lazarus from the dead. Thomas says, They're going to kill Jesus. Let's all go die with him. And Thomas is doubting Jesus can raise Lazarus from the dead. Thomas is doubting Jesus' wisdom, his discernment, his plan, his power. Jesus is talking resurrection. Thomas is thinking, we're all going to die. Doubting. Dead in your doubts. How many of you be honest enough to say you've had spiritual doubts at some point in your lives? At some point, you doubted that Jesus could do what Jesus said he would do. Just put your hand up if you've ever doubted. Okay, that's good. Hands going up all over the place. Those of you that uh, didn't raise your hands, you can just sit there and polish your halos for a moment while I talk to everybody else. Because <laughs> everybody I know, everybody I know uh, at some point has prayed a prayer, believed God could, believed God would, believed God should, but God didn't. And boom, they were dead in their doubts. <laughs> Why didn't God do this? 
Maybe you grew up with a simple faith in God and then you went off to college and some professor said, well, this stuff is all fiction. It never really happened. And boom, all of a sudden you're overcome with doubt. Is God real? Is the Bible real? Is my faith real? Or maybe you believed in God and then something really bad happened to somebody you love. And you thought, well, if God is good, why do you let that happen? If God is all-powerful, he could have stopped that. And suddenly you're like Thomas, dead in your doubt. Some of you may be like Lazarus' sister Mary on your notes. Mary is dead in your discouragement. You just don't see anything good happening. You cannot seem to catch a break. And Mary was, was very, very discouraged. We see this in verse 20. It says, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet Jesus. But what did Mary do? Mary stayed home. She's like, why bother? I don't need to go out there. Lazarus is already dead. There, there's nothing Jesus can do about it anyway. And that may be where you are right now. You think, I, I can't change anything. I'm always going to feel alone. I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to be stuck in this dead-end job. I'm never going to have the marriage I want. I'm just stuck. You're discouraged. And that may be where you are right now. You're not going to show it on the outside. You're going to forge ahead. You're going to stay the course. You're going to put on your happy face and come to church. But inside, you're dead in your discouragement. Martha... On your notes, maybe you can relate to Martha. Martha was dead in the delay. God took too long. Jesus should have come back earlier, and he didn't. Why did he take so long? Verse 17, we see this. It says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, why does that matter? Well, because in Martha's mind, Lazarus wasn't just mostly dead. He was all the way dead. You know, he was dead, dead, and then some. Lazarus is so dead that later on, uh, Martha will describe Lazarus. She'll say, I love it in the King James Version. She says, he stinketh. I just, I love, that's a holy stink. He stinketh. That's how dead Lazarus was. Guy's four days dead. He's dead, dead. He stinketh dead. Verse 21 Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus, if you had gotten here sooner, if you had not delayed, Lazarus wouldn't have died. You could have healed him, but you took too long. And now he's dead. Dead, dead. It's over. And some of you right now, you feel dead in your delay. You're waiting on some answered prayer, some result, but it is not coming. It is not happening. You know, I see a lot of young Christian people, and they're thinking, you know, I'm serving Jesus, and I want to get married. I'm faithful to God. I want to get married. All my friends are going out to clubs. They're hooking up with these unsaved guys and gals, and I'm staying the course, and I'm not married. Feel discouraged, dead in your delay. Some of you married couples, you've been praying for a baby, it, it, it just doesn't happen. You just can't, can't seem to conceive. And, and it is so painful, and, and it seems like other people just look at each other and conceive triplets, and it just doesn't happen for you. <laughs> I understand that pain. 
man, we're praying, God, why, why? We're believing for a child, but we can't have one. Some of you are praying for a loved one to find Christ, and yet the harder you pray, the farther they seem to go away from Jesus. And you wonder, why, God? A lot of people are praying and believing that God could heal someone. We believe we serve a God who says all things are possible, yet you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and God's just not doing it. And you feel dead in the delay. If that's you, I, I, I want you to hear this. I hope you will never forgive this. God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. And just because God hasn't done something yet, that doesn't mean that God is not still in charge. That doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for Him to be glorified, Christ to be glorified in the future through the very thing you wish never would have happened. You know, I don't know how this story lays out in your Bible. As I was reading through this story in, in one of my Bibles, I noticed that everything bad happened on page 907. Lazarus dies, Thomas freaks out, Mary's depressed, Martha's mad. Everything bad's on page 907. And then with one page turn, the whole tone of everything shifts on page 908. Page 907, everything bad. Page 908, Martha says, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you asked. She looks at Jesus and says, I know that even now, even though we're dead in our delay, dead in our discouragement, dead in our doubts, even now God will give you whatever you ask. And some of you need an even now moment with God. You're stuck on page 907. It's time to turn the page. It's time to let page 908 faith come into your life and believe that even now, all things are still possible with God. You need an even now moment. Even now, when you're discouraged, the presence of God come in and build your faith. Even now, when you feel alone, there, there's no one there. Even now, the presence of the Holy Spirit can give you a peace that passes understanding. Even now, our God can reach into your jacked-up family and bring healing and hope and restoration and forgiveness. Even now, when your heart can be cold and callous toward God, our God, in one moment, can soften your heart and draw you into His presence. Even now, when there is something that is dead, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ can bring it back to life. That's what Jesus did in verse 23 when he told Martha he says your brother will rise again Martha answered she said I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last days Martha says I know but she's thinking in time she's thinking later Jesus said in verse 25 I am the resurrection and the life notice he did not say I am able to resurrect he said I am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe it? Because resurrection is not just what Jesus does. Resurrection is what he is. Write this down. The resurrection is not an event. It is a person. The resurrection is not an event. It's a person. 
Resurrection is not what Jesus does. Resurrection is what he is. Dead things don't stay dead when the resurrection walks into the room. When the resurrection, when Jesus looks at the tomb where Lazarus is stinketh, and he said to the disciples, take the stone away. And they did. Verse 43, Jesus called out in a loud voice. I love that. Why a loud voice? I mean, are dead people hard of hearing? Yeah, I think it's because Jesus is excited. I mean, he's about to raise somebody from the dead. And he calls out in a loud voice. He says, Lazarus, come out. Now, why did Jesus call him by name? Why did Jesus say, Lazarus, come out? Because if he had just said, come out, the whole cemetery would have got up and walked out of there. Because he's the resurrection and the life. And so he picks one guy, says, Lazarus, come out. Everybody else, stay put. Later. But Lazarus, come out. And with that, the dead, stinky man came out. His hands and feet wrapped in grave clothes, a cloth around his face. Jesus says, take off the grave clothes. Let him go. Loose him. You know, I love these two stories of the resurrections, Jesus and Lazarus. You know, Jesus is dead in a tomb, there's a stone blocking it. Lazarus is dead in a tomb, there's a stone blocking it. When Jesus goes to Lazarus, he says, roll that stone away. Jesus is in the tomb, the women are going on Easter morning, and they're, uh-oh, who's going to roll the stone away? And some of you wonder. You're dead on the inside. You've lost your faith. You've lost hope. You're dead in the delay, the discouragement, the doubt. You don't have the strength to roll away the stone. You don't have to roll away the stone. Jesus has taken care of that for you. And the same voice that called Lazarus to come out is telling you, come out. Come out. Come out. Your sins can be forgiven. Not because you're good, but because Christ is good. Come out. You can be set free. Not because you're strong, but because Jesus Christ is strong. Come out. You can feel his presence, not because you deserve it, but because he loves you so much. Come out. And God, in his love and mercy, has done something for us that we are incapable of doing for ourselves. Because Jesus Christ became one of us. John said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John quotes John the Baptist, saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Christ is the perfect sacrifice for your sin. He died on the cross. He brutally suffered at the hand of creation. And he looked up to heaven and he said, Father, I did what you sent me to do. It is finished. I commit my spirit into your hands. And the earth went dark and the earth shook. And everyone who hoped that Jesus was the Messiah was dead. They were dead in their doubts. They were dead in their discouragement. They were dead in the delay. They're on page 907. But with a turn of the page, God would be glorified through this cruel death on Calvary's cross, and Jesus Christ would be raised from the dead. Now, some of you are stuck on page 907, but with one touch from God, you can turn the page to 908. Folks, you do not need to turn over a new leaf. You need to turn over a new life. And that's what Jesus offers you as the resurrection. 
Now, I'm not telling you that everything's perfect on page 908. Everybody's healed, everybody's rich, everybody lives happily ever after, your hair never falls out, you lose your muffin top, win the lottery. I'm not telling you that's what happens on page 908. But what I am telling you is that on page 908, God is always glorified by what happens on page 907. Because Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And some of you today are dead. Dead in delay, dead in doubts, dead in discouragement, dead in your sin. The Bible says we're dead in our sins apart from Jesus Christ. But because of what Jesus Christ did, our sins can be forgiven and we can have life, abundant life, eternal life, a higher quality of life than you've ever had apart from Jesus Christ. That's what he offers us. God did something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. The tomb is empty. The grave clothes are, are, are ineffective. The stone has been rolled away. The resurrection changes everything. Whoever believes in me will never die. And I know you're hurting right now. And I know you have struggles and trials in your life. And you're saying, man, I am just so discouraged. And you've got doubts. You're wondering why God hasn't done what you thought he should have done. Your faith is rattled. You have been waiting and waiting and waiting for God to move. You are dead in the delay. What's the solution for you? What's the cure? What's the breakthrough? What's the relief? What's the rescue? Jesus told Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? And throughout John's gospel, there is this powerful connection between belief and life. In fact, John 20, 31 says that's the whole reason why the gospel was written. So that we would believe in Jesus Christ, and in believing, we would have life in him. Abundant life, new life, eternal life. And so Jesus asked you straight out, do you believe this? Because if you believe it, then you will live even if you die. Yes, you may have doubts. Yes, you may be discouraged. Yes, you may face delay. Yes, you may even die physically. But if you believe in Christ, there will be a resurrection. There can be life after doubt, life after discouragement, life after delay, even life after death. Do you believe this? is the question. Let's pray together. God, I just pray that you would intervene right now for those who are hurting, that, that even now you would give us strength to hang on on page 907 and the faith to believe that there's a page 908. God, I pray that you would be glorified through things that are hard for us to understand, hard to endure. And we recognize on page 908, everything doesn't always work out the way we want. But we thank you that you are a God who has promised that you will work all things to good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And as you, you're praying today, I just invite you to consider the question Jesus asked. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Jesus calls us from death to life. The same voice that called Lazarus out of the grave calls you out of your sin today, out of your discouragement. He says, come out. 
There's forgiveness, there's healing, there's grace, there's hope. When you come to Christ, He loves you, He forgives you, He heals you, He makes you new. And there are those of you who are here today for just this very moment. I don't know what your motive was in coming, but I know the sovereign God of the universe has brought you here today so you could hear Jesus Christ say to you, Come out! Come out of your sin. Come out of your despair. Turn your life over to Him. Find forgiveness. Let Him make you new. And I would invite you, those of you who would say, Yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm ready. I believe it. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up right now? Just quietly raise your hand right now. I believe it. Hands going up all over the place. God, we thank you. Would you just pray this prayer in the quietness of your own heart? Would you just say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Christ died and was risen so I could be forgiven. Thank you for the hope of a new life in Jesus Christ. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Father, we thank you. Amen. Let's celebrate those who made a decision to believe in Christ today. Amen.